Well, hello, happy Monday to you. Welcome to A Reason for Hope. We're glad you're joining us. A Reason for Hope is an hour-long live broadcast, which is guided for the most part by your questions on God's Word, the Bible. That's right, we're here to answer your questions on Scripture, on God's Word. So if you have a question on maybe a specific verse or passage of Scripture, maybe something you're going through, like a biblical perspective, maybe even uh, world events, or biblical perspective as well, prophetic things, anything like that, any honest question that you have, as long as you know, we're going to delve into the Bible to find those answers. That's what we're here to do today. And we are live on several platforms, which I'll be sharing with you in a moment for you to send in your questions, and I'll be fielding those as we go along. So we never know where the hour's going to go. We're very glad for you, the viewer, for uh, partaking in that and being part of the broadcast. Um, we always enjoy the questions and just the directions the Lord takes it in. So welcome, welcome indeed on this Monday here in Tucson. Arizona with me today, Pastor Scott Richards, who's a senior pastor here at Calvary Christian Fellowship. Hey, How are you doing? I'm doing great. <laughs> You're doing good? Yeah. Got yeah. your stuff in order over there? Uh, yeah. You know, I, I just, uh, poor Dave, he has a heart attack on a regular basis. I, <laughs> I roll in here the last minute, but there's a, a legitimate reason why I was late rolling in here. We're going to do a bit of a prophecy update, Oh, but uh, boy, uh, it's kind of... Uh, Almost overwhelming, all the things going on. Wow. So, okay. Uh, well, I look forward to hearing that. I, I get. We're, we're going to give you the maximum for your reason for hope, <laughs> uh, time investment here today. All right. I good. Think. Yeah. And we'll refund your ticket if yes. you don't enjoy it as well. well. Well, we'll look forward to that. Well, once again, as I mentioned, Reason for Hope is a live broadcast. We're with you Monday through Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. Uh, Mountain Standard Time. And of course, whatever time that is for you all around the world, we know we have viewers from all around the world, which is very exciting. You can go to our website, as I mentioned, uh, Calvary Christian Fellowship is a home church here where Reason for Hope we're broadcasting from. So if you go to calvarychristianfellowship.com, that's a great place to go to, to watch the broadcast. Follow that Watch Live tab right there. You can also check out those other links. There's, a, there's an events page there. We have so much going on, so many different groups and support groups. And for really any kind of interest, whoever you are, there's groups and things going on, ministries for you to get involved with. So check that out as well. But if you follow the Watch Live tab right there, that will take you to our live page. When we're off air, you'll see a countdown to our next broadcast and a schedule of upcoming events. So not only a reason for hope shows, but also our services and other events here at Calvary Christian Fellowship. So check that out. But if we are live like we are now, you'll see the video there. You'll see a chat function where you can sign in with a username and be part of the broadcast that way. The direct link for that is ccftucson.online.church if you want to go directly to that. On Facebook, we're at Calvary Christian Fellowship of Tucson, facebook.com slash Tucson. I'm sure you're familiar with Facebook. Please like and share to all your friends. We'd love to reach as many people as we possibly can. So share us around. If you've been blessed by this ministry, we would appreciate that. And of course, you can send your questions in there as well. As I mentioned, I'll be monitoring all of these platforms and we'll get to your questions on a first-come, first-served basis as far as I can handle that. Uh, we have an app as well for your mobile device. If you look for Calvary Christian Fellowship of Tucson, you'll see that Calvary Chapel white dove logo on a red background. That's us. You can download that on your iPhone or Android or iPad or all those devices. Also on Roku and Apple TV, we have a channel. So if you have a, a TV with that capability or a device, you can watch us on your big screen as well. It's very exciting, all these things. We're, we're pretty fancy around here. Yeah. On, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what half of it means, but we're, we're doing it. Uh, we're on YouTube. A Reason for Hope is the name of the channel there. Search for A Reason for Hope or 
uh, youtube.com slash at a reason for hope five four six but if you search for a reason for hope it will come right up you'll see again that Calvary Chapel white uh, dove logo right there that's a great place to go if you missed a show and want to uh, uh, catch a you know an archive version or want to revisit a question um, we put the questions in the description so you know what questions and topics that we discovered as well as um, or covered I should say as well as Pastor Scott's uh, prophecy updates and those kind of things so uh, Pastor Scott's usually with us Monday, Wednesday, Friday. He usually gives us kind of a news update. So if you want to go back in the archive, check those out. They're very uh, interesting and certainly calls for prayer as well. So that's YouTube for you. Scott Richards is also on uh, Twitter. His handle is ScottR4H. He posts highlights from the show and uh, prophetic things and funny things and just commentary on worlds going on. Uh, so if you're on Twitter, you can certainly follow along with him there. And last but not least, you can use our email address, questionsforhope at gmail.com, questionsforhope spelled out at gmail.com. If you listen to us on the radio, very glad that you are, but you are listening to a pre-recorded uh, version. So uh, do use that email address and we'll get to those questions on our next show. But on all the other platforms, we are live here in the flesh. Um, so consider joining us that way when you're not on your drive time and you can interact with us live. Well, with all that being said, <gasps> <laughs> would, you, <laughs> would you pray for us before you delve into this? Oh, yeah. This uh, exciting. Uh, yeah, it's uh, wild, 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 wacky stuff, wow. as uh, they used to say. Yes, yeah, sure, absolutely. Father, uh, boy, if there's ever a time where we need to be praying, serious people of prayer, it's now. Uh, and Lord, uh, I do pray that uh, as we explore what's going on in this world, uh, you would use this as a motivation for us, first of all, to look upward. Uh, Lord, you said when we saw these signs of the times, uh, we could realize that uh, your return is near. James even talked about you being near even at the doors. And I pray that we would have that perspective, looking for the blessed hope, the fact that you could snatch us out before uh, the gathering storm we're seeing around us all around the world right now. And we thank you for that. Uh, Lord, we pray as well, we would not only look up, but we would look around and realize that there are hurting, confused, discouraged people that we have the opportunity to be able to encourage. And I thank you, Lord, uh, for teaching us so many things about encouraging one another, even as uh, our services uh, unfolded yesterday and the things that uh, came out of them. It's just beautiful, Lord. And I do pray that, that those who would be joining here would uh, sense a direct call upon their lives from you. Uh, to be conduits of your love and your life and your truth, not only speaking the truth in love, but letting your Holy Spirit manifest the fact that Jesus is alive and is gathering his people to himself and that mm -hmm. they need to get in on that like nobody's business. I pray if there's anyone that is uh, tuning into this broadcast or whatever platform that is on the outside looking in at a relationship with you, they would simply understand that it all comes down to putting their faith and their trust in you, Jesus, that you personally died on the cross for their sins and rose from the dead in a moment of history so that they could be saved. And if mm. they put their trust in you and believe in your word, if they confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in their heart that God has raised him from the dead, they will be saved. I pray uh, perhaps those pieces of the puzzle would be coming together as your Holy Spirit allows it to happen in the heart of many people listening here today, and that they would give their lives to you because you gave your life for them. You loved, we love you because you first loved us. Mm. And so, Lord, we pray that many people will be saved from this world that is going down for the third time. We pray, Father, that uh, those of us who are saved would make the most of our time because the uh, the days are evil 
and uh, the time is short, and we should be living in light of that anticipated return uh, of you, Jesus, with, with seriousness and gravity, sobriety for sure, but also the joy of knowing that we know how all these things are going to turn out. Grant your people great peace and great security, and uh, maybe even a, a reshuffling of their priorities as this broadcast unfolds. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, I'm almost nervous to ask what's been Well, I, I, you know, it would probably be easier just to say what hasn't been going on. That, <laughs> wow. that might be a, a shorter list. Uh, you know, probably the, uh, the major uh, story that has been in uh, the news today is uh, the horrendous earthquake mm. uh, that struck uh, Turkey. Uh, the uh, first earthquake uh, that was experienced there was 7.8 on the Richter scale. Uh, an aftershock, this is an aftershock, by the way, that happened uh, a few hours later, was 7.5 on the Richter scale. Uh, it's, uh, it's really uh, unbelievable, but, um, uh, you know, and just following the story as it unfolded, uh, earlier in the day, they were estimating that uh, over 2,000 people had died in this earthquake mm-hmm. in uh, Turkey and in northern Syria. Uh, but uh, just before airtime, uh, I checked in with the Jerusalem Post, and now the estimates are well over 3,500. Oh, my goodness. Uh, when you stop and uh, do a compare and contrast, uh, 2,900 people died in 9-11. Yeah. Right. Uh, so you're, you're talking about a huge loss uh, of uh, human life in that, uh, that region. And uh, that region is uh, incredibly strategic and uh, biblically significant. And mm. uh, not only are we seeing current estimates at 3,500, uh, chances are it's going to uh, vastly, maybe even double that, right. because uh, you not only have uh, all kinds of people that are buried in rubble, uh, the area that was hit is not exactly what we would call up to code uh, in terms of being able to stand up to a seismic disaster uh, of this level, uh, but also in the area around northern Syria, it is controlled uh, by a uh, almost quasi-Al-Qaeda-ish rep, uh, rebel group uh, and the idea of getting uh, uh, any kind of material supplies on any large level there is going to be extremely problematic. Mm-hmm. Add to that, you take a look at the calendar. These are the winter months. Uh, the weather right. uh, conditions are incredibly brutal. And so the possibility of many, many people dying uh, from exposure and so on in these regions is, mm-hmm. is just over the top. It would not surprise me if uh, the death toll exceeds uh, double what we're seeing mm-hmm here today when it's all said and done. Mm. Uh, Kind of an interesting development uh, along these lines. As you know, the relationship between Turkey under uh, Prime Minister Erdogan, uh, who is a radical Islamist, Um, he is an individual that has essentially reversed the tide in Turkey from a nation uh, under its uh, kind of founding father, a fellow by the name of Ataturk, uh, that, that prided itself on being a secularist society in the midst of a lot of Muslim-dominated uh, uh, nations. Well, uh, Erdogan has pretty much reversed all of that. Turkey is becoming more and more uh, radically Islamist in its uh, point of view. Uh, and, and one of the reasons for this was that Turkey made overtures about uh, joining the European Union. Uh, it, Turkey is a NATO member, but they wanted to be a full member of the EU, and uh, the EU, uh, for a lot of reasons, a lot of historical reasons, and it goes back to World War I and, and so on, uh, had uh, rebuffed them. And so rather than turning west, they turned east and uh, began to align themselves 
more with the radical Islam uh, flavor of things that is dominating that region. Uh, Israel and Turkey have a very interesting uh, relationship in that sometimes it seems very problematic, almost to the point where Erdogan is saber rattling and talking about joining in on a war against Israel. Uh, but then, uh, you know, things seem to back off and there seems to be uh, sort of a, 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 an attitude of, of uh, pursuing uh, mutually uh, advantageous uh, alliances and so on. And uh, uh, the aftermath of this earthquake, uh, the interesting thing uh, in uh, the Jerusalem Post uh, article here, uh, a very interesting article, the headline is Turkey-Syria earthquake, six ways it could affect the Middle East. Well, uh, among them, uh, it could be something that causes uh, a lot of the divisions that have gone on in the Middle East uh, to uh, sort of subside a bit, including how Russia is involved in the Middle East. In the article in the Jerusalem Post, they said Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov visited Iraq as Moscow looks to bring together Turkey, Iran, Syria, and Russia to meet for normalization talks. Now, that's a significant headline in and of itself, in that if you follow this program for any length of time, we've talked about uh, the prophecy in the book of Ezekiel that a, a, an alliance that involves all of these nations uh, being uh, mentioned here is uh, one day going to invade Israel. Now, our point of view is that's going to happen in the tribulation period when Israel's guard is down under the protection of the Antichrist. But certainly, we see the uh, the major players uh, in this prophetic scenario coming on the scene here. Uh, but uh, interesting, uh, you know, the United States is angry with Iran over its drone exports to Russia, its invasion of the Ukraine. Uh, so what's going to happen as a result of this earthquake and the massive uh, humanitarian aid mission that is going to come off of all of that? Well, in the article in the Jerusalem Post, they say, will the earthquakes and their massive toll... Uh, they have taken lead, uh, these countries, to putting aside their grievances to help civilians. The United States plays a key role in eastern Syria. The U.S.-backed uh, uh, SDF offers, uh, operates in key cities that are not far from the affected area. Might the U.S. and anti-ISIS coalition might finally decide uh, that it holds more than just a military role and provide humanitarian support? Uh, it's possible that Turkey and its militias, it, that it backs in Syria will stop attacking civilians and be willing to set aside the endless war for a month and let humanitarian convoys go uh, to Kobani and other areas that have been affected by the earthquake. Turkey has had an ongoing uh, cold and hot war uh, with a group of people called the Kurds. Uh, the Kurds seem to be the only people that didn't get a uh, a slice of the territory carved out for them by the British uh, when they had pretty much parceled out uh, the Middle East. And uh, again, the Turks have wanted their own, uh, or the Turks have not wanted uh, the Kurds to have their own homeland. Uh, occasionally you'll hear about uh, people wanting to do, uh, you know, exploratory uh, visits to Mount Ararat to try to find Noah's Ark. Well, one of the reasons it's so prob problematic to search the mountains of Ararat for remains of Noah's Ark is because of the conflict between the Turks and uh, the Kurdish rebels that are there. Uh, and, and the Kurdish rebels uh, break up into two different groups, interestingly enough. Some are hardcore uh, Stalinist Marxists. They want to see a communist Turkish nation mm. established there. The other half, interestingly enough, are Christians. Mm. They are very open to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, there are some, uh, obviously, Islamic Kurds 
uh, mixed into this as well. But, uh, you know, you have this conflict going on there. And so the Jerusalem Post asks the question, is Turkey going to put off its ongoing war with the Kurds, who they see as a source of destabilization in the region, mm. to allow a humanitarian effort uh, to go in there? Turkey had been for a while threatening to invade these areas and has often bombed the people living there, which are the Kurds. Now that the earthquakes have harmed so many, is it possible that Ankara, the capital of Turkey, will stop the fighting and cooperate to save lives? Can the U.S. step up and set an example with the Russians in Syria to provide aid rather than to create controversy? Kurdish leaders in the region have all expressed sympathy for the victims of the earthquakes. Perhaps in the aftermath, these conflicts that have divided the region can be momentarily reduced, and Kurds, Turks, and others will be able to uh, work in solidarity. It's interesting, uh, Turkey is also facing a, an election coming up, uh, but in light of the massive death toll of the earthquakes, uh, this is probably going to be uh, put off. Mm. Uh, the uh, AKP party uh, that uh, Prime Minister Erdogan heads up is going to, in a sense, uh, be uh, put to the test and maybe in a referendum on mm. their effectiveness and leadership based upon their ability to help provide aid in this massive humanitarian disaster. But yeah. if uh, that government is seen as mishandling uh, the response, uh, it could uh, really uh, very radically affect uh, the leadership in uh, in Turkey. Mm. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Huge earthquakes like this are not a strange phenomena in that area. And this earthquake was huge. Mm. It was felt uh, all the way in Israel, uh, which wow. is hundreds and hundreds of miles away wow. uh, from the epicenter. But, uh, you know, again, uh, when we see uh, the, the possibility of uh, how an event like this can affect all of this, uh, there's mention in the Jerusalem Post article that Israel and its Abraham Accords partners could set aside time to prepare uh, a humanitarian response. It will be very interesting to see if uh, Turkey and Syria will allow Israel to provide humanitarian response, mm -hmm. or if other Abraham Accords nations uh, will allow Israel to cooperate with them in all of this. But uh, the uh, last uh, paragraph in the article is an interesting one. It says, countries that don't have relations with Israel could also consider setting aside their negative views for a time and look at how a joint humanitarian assistance could work to yeah. improve conditions in the region. Yeah. So this whole thing uh, may end up uh, in a sense, being something that provides some stability in the region, yep. it could also go the exact opposite direction. Yep. It could just fuel uh, the already existing conflicts that are going there. So, yeah. uh, you know, we, we mentioned to you often, one of the things that Jesus said would be characteristic of the time of his return mm -hmm. would the, be the idea of birth pains. Mm -hmm. And uh, among the birth pains that Jesus mentioned, he said, nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdoms. There will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. You know, you go down this list and uh, you see famines. Well, uh, you know, a great example of a famine that nobody talks about has happened in Sri Lanka, the, the former Ceylon. Uh, Sri Lanka went whole hog on uh, the uh, United Nations uh, uh, suggested guidelines and uh, the World Economic Federation guidelines as far as not uh, using any kind of artificial fertilizers to produce crops. Mm. Well, they did that, and uh, it essentially uh, resulted in a, a cataclysmic crop failure mm. to the point that uh, Sri Lanka, which, you know, you look at pictures of it, it seems like a very lush jungle region, is unable to feed its own people. 
um, you know, and we see these these policies being put forward uh, in uh, the, the name of being eco-friendly. But, uh, you know, the idea of famines, Jesus warned about here, I think we're going to see more of that. Pestilences, yeah. nobody needs to bring up COVID-19. No one needs to bring up uh, the fact that uh, the Pfizer company is in a lot of hot water. Yeah. Uh, Project Veritas uh, had a uh, undercover expose where one of their leaders in research and development talked about them doing gain-of-function research with the COVID-19 virus and anticipating the next uh, outbreak, uh, already having vaccines uh, in the pipeline being made to enhance their profits, believe it or not. Yeah. You know, so pestilences, check. Uh, earthquakes, check. Yeah. Uh, and double check in various places. But Jesus said all these are the beginning of sorrows. Yeah. In other words, we're going to see this, this pattern continuing. And uh, certainly the earthquakes that we are seeing here and uh, the, the things that we have seen, uh, say, regarding uh, the lack of confidence that people are having regarding the handling of the COVID-19, yep. uh, the, the fact that uh, even, uh, uh, you know, the National Institutes of Health are admitting uh, that the claims that were made regarding uh, the vaccine uh, simply have not panned out. Mm. Um, you know, the, the initial uh, claim that if you got the vaccine, you will never get the virus right. didn't happen. Mm. Uh, if you got the vaccine, you might get the virus, but you can't spread it. Once again, didn't happen. Yep. Uh, you might get the virus, you might spread it, but you won't have uh, cataclysmic uh, symptoms that'll put you in the hospital. Once again, wrong, yeah. wrong, wrong, and wrong. And uh, the uh, the lack of confidence that people are having as a result of uh, these uh, pretty radical claims yeah. is an interesting one. And, the, and it was dovetailing with the crisis of confidence thing. Yeah. And I, I realize we're going rather quickly, but there's a lot uh, to cover here. Uh, you know, we, we spent... Uh, quite a bit of time on our Twitter feed following along <laughs> an interesting uh, controversy uh, that has been le- uh, labeled the Red Zeppelin incident. Mm. Uh, for those of you not a- aware of this, if you've been uh, in the root cellar, uh, the Red Zeppelin incident was the fact that uh, the uh, Red Chinese were able to float a full-blown, highly uh, technically sophisticated spy balloon mm. over the United States. It started going over the Aleutian Islands in Alaska, uh, crossed uh, into Canada, came down and spent about two days uh, because this balloon was able to be maneuvered. It wasn't just following the jet stream uh, over some incredibly sensitive nuclear sites in the state of Montana. Mm. It then proceeded to go over the Midwest. And finally, when it got to the coast off of South Carolina, an F-22 jet uh, took it out. Well, uh, there were all kinds of claims and counterclaims by our own government about this. First of all, there was kind of this denial. Oh, you know, that was just, but they couldn't deny it because these days with cell phones, people taking pictures of it and and so on. (laughs) Couldn't really deny what was going on there. Then there were claims uh, that said that, uh, you know, immediately, uh, as soon as uh, uh, our administration was made aware of it, the order was given to shot, shoot down the plane. Well, that didn't turn out to be true because, uh, or I should say the balloon. Well, the balloon continued on its merry way for several days. Then the word came out that uh, the reason that it wasn't shot down was that uh, our president was overruled by the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Mm. He wanted to shoot it down. General Milley said no. Mm. Then... That story changed, 
And it was, well, the reason it wasn't set down wasn't because the president was overruled, uh, the president's will was being followed, but uh, we were very concerned about damage happening to people on the ground. Well, okay, if you're tracking this balloon from China and it's going over the Aleutian Islands uh, near the Bering Sea, if you've ever watched The Deadliest Catch, you know that that's a pretty wide open territory out there. If you wanted to take it down without any worries about damaging anybody or anything, great place to do it. Uh, Spending two days over Montana. Dave, have you ever been to Montana? <laughs> no, I haven't, but I've well, seen pictures. Well, and things, yeah. I, I've been to Montana a few <laughs> times, the Yellowstone Park and all of this. Yeah. And the idea that they couldn't shoot the balloon down over Montana because they were worried about perhaps doing damage to people on the ground. Yeah. Well, I don't think people would be the issue. Uh, you might hit a buffalo or a prairie dog yeah. or something like that, but Montana's got a lot of space yeah. if you want to actually shoot down a balloon. So, you know, the idea of, you know, well, we didn't want to have any damage on the ground didn't really hold up. Mm-hmm. Then the uh, thing was float, put forward that, well, no, we actually wanted to go, go down overseas uh, because uh, the, uh, the sophisticated uh, sensor technology that this balloon was carrying, which was larger, by the way, than three uh, full-size buses, uh, a lot of material there yeah uh well we wanted to go down over sea because it went down over ground the whole thing could break up and we wanted if it went down over sea the water would cushion the fall and we'd have a better time of being able to recover it and get the intelligence that we need about the chinese going forward yeah well then we find that when the f-22 took out the particular balloon the entire three bus structure apparently was destroyed Mm. so you know uh, all of this is just to say uh, that this this whole deal you know, is is moving in in a direction that there's a trend here that is kind of hard to miss. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the COVID response and the claims that didn't pan out along these lines, mm-hmm. whether it's uh, the uh, the claims of uh, the military and the administration regarding uh, this uh, balloon, and you know again they try to say, well, there were plenty of balloons that flew over during the Trump administration to a man. All of the people who were involved in the Trump administration said, no, never happened. Mm. Now, who's telling the truth? We can't know for sure. But yeah. the, the bottom line is the level of confidence that people have in this nation yeah. in our basic institutions mm-hmm. is being continually yeah. eroded. Yeah. Uh, you know, confidence in elections, mm-hmm. confidence in the military, confidence in the presidency, confidence in Congress. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the whole thing. Uh, you know, does show that the United States is becoming uh, on more and more shaky ground mm-hmm. as far as continuing to be a world-dominating uh, power. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've talked uh, a number of times on the program uh, about uh, the idea of uh, where is the United States in biblical prophecy? Yeah. Why isn't it mentioned? We talked a bit about this on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the, the three options that we usually talk about is number one, Maybe we're not here because we're taken out in some kind of limited war. Mm-hmm. You know, some people have floated the idea after the Red Zeppelin incident. Okay, what if that uh, three-bus uh, structure that was a part of this balloon next time is, say, you know, electromagnetic pulse yep. uh, device? Yep. You know, I mean, you know, China has been saber-rattling about uh, making a move into Taiwan for quite some time. There's differing intelligence reports about all of this. Uh, you know, 
maybe we are taken out in some kind of a, an exchange or a limited war yeah. and, and gutted so that we can't occupy the role that we're in right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's possible. Uh, you know, the other possibility is that we just continue to make really bad decisions and uh, making bad decisions sooner or later is going to remove the United States from the prominent role it has in our society. Mm -hmm. uh, a bad decision for today. Uh, there is a uh, place that you can go to on the internet uh, called the National Debt Clock. Mm. Uh, and uh, you can ask yourself the question, what is the national debt today? Oh, man. Would you hazard a guess, Dave? <sighs> no, but I'd want to be sitting down when I read it, I'm Yeah, sure. well, the national debt today, and it, it's going up, I'm looking at this thing, and it's going up even as we speak, is over 31 trillion. Yeah. Not billion, trillion, trillion with a T, dollars. That means every man, woman, and child in the United States owes $94,277 on the national debt. Now, here's a tricky, uh, sophisticated insight on debts. Uh, I don't know if you're ready for this, Dave, or you're sitting down. <laughs> I'm sitting down. One thing about debts is sooner or later, debts have to be paid right. off. Yeah. Or you go bankrupt. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know th there's an old saying, uh, what can't go on forever won't. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the United States is any kind of dominating economic power. With that kind of financial portfolio, yeah. you know, the, uh, the stage, I think, is really being set for another power to come forward and assume the dominance of the world stage. Now, that's what China's desire is, to be the new 800-pound economic and military guerrilla, to assume the role that Britain had before us, that the United States has now. I don't believe uh, that they will succeed in this because, uh, I mean, a number of reasons. There's just some really internal uh, baked-in flaws in the communist system that I think are going to restrict that as far as China is concerned. But it certainly does set the stage for what the Bible talks about, about a revived Roman Empire, mm. uh, a, uh, a coalition of nations essentially set in the same general framework as ancient Rome coming mm. on the scene. And if uh, Europe can somehow be coalesced together, not in the uh, kind of bickering sort of way the EU is right now, <laughs> yeah. but in how the Bible describes that mm. the Antichrist, when he comes on the scene, will bring together a 10-nation uh, confederacy, and he will dominate or maybe even eliminate three nations mm. and take their place. Mm. In other words, be the big leader of, say, the three most significant nations, say, in the EU right now. Could you imagine mm. the power uh, that one man would have if they can control the economies of yeah. Great Britain, yeah. Germany, mm. and France? Yeah. Those three nations would be a formidable coalition, not mm. to mention the other nations that surround them. Yeah. So, you know, we do see, in, in a way, the, the stage being set and the vacuum being created for the United States to fall by the wayside and for uh, mm. Europe to take, uh, take the ball and run with it. My optimistic point of view, mm. and I like to emphasize this, yeah. is that the United States is not mentioned in biblical prophecy because, uh, you know, again, according to the Barno organization, there's some 50 plus million mm. professing evangelical Bible-believing Christians in this nation. Mm. Uh, say Barna's half right, mm. and there's 25 million. Mm. Could you imagine what would happen to this country if suddenly 25 million people have vanished? Yeah. 25 million mortgages not being paid. Right. 25 million 
key people yep. in positions of government yep. or, or infrastructure and so on, uh, suddenly not there. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we do the comparison of uh, uh, the 9-11 attack. Yeah. Uh, 2,900 some people lost their lives that day. Mm-hmm. And it took our country about four or five years to recover economically. Yeah. Could you imagine what would happen beyond all of that? So I, I think we're seeing that. Uh, the other thing that I would mention just as far as prophecy is concerned, and uh, and I have to preface this, Dave, by saying, you know, I remember when I first read, say, The Late Great Planet Earth mm-hmm. by Hal Lindsey, you know, the first overview of biblical prophecy I ever read, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how exciting I thought it would be. Mm-hmm to live in the last days, yeah. you know, seeing all these things coming to pass. And certainly it is exciting to a certain degree. But, uh, you know, the more I go on and the more I see prophecies being fulfilled, mm. the the less exciting it seems to be and the more grievous it seems to be. Let mm. me read you a prophecy about the last days, and uh, then I'll share with you at least a pre-fulfillment of this. Yeah. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1 says, But know this, in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but not but denying its power. Mm. And from such people turn away. Well, I think I you know I see in this passage a uh, pretty accurate summation of last night's Grammy Awards, or Saturday night's Grammy Awards. Mm. Uh, you know, this was basically the, the theme there. You know, it says professing a form of godliness. You know, the, you know, people talk about the Grammys and being, you know, kind of distressed by the kind of content you see there. Mm-hmm. But even more distressing to me is the fact that you have these people giving glory to God right. for this stuff. It's yeah. a form of godliness. Form of yeah. But it denies its power. And uh, mm-hmm. I guess uh, the, uh, the real hot-button issue about the Grammys uh, this time around was a performance by an artist named Sam Smith. Uh, and uh, the uh, Sam Smith, uh, according to this is an article from the New York Post, was slammed by various Twitter users on Sunday for their satanic awards show performance, which was followed by an ad for Pfizer Mm. (laughs) that triggered outrage. Uh, Smith, alongside with Kim Petras, performed their chart-topping song, Unholy, during the 65th Grammy Awards, which led both singers and their backup dancers uh, to be clad in blood-red, devil-esque costumes. The non-binary, this is the words from the New York Post, uh, singer rocked high-heeled boots leather pants and a crimson shirt with a matching collar. Later, they wore a top hat with horns and completed the look with a cane. Petra spent the performance in a little red dress while performing in a cage, surrounded by whip-wielding backup dancers dressed up as demons. Uh, The duo's performance uh, was uh, immediately followed by a sponsorship ad from Pfizer, which made headlines after the CDC announced it was conducting an investigation as to whether or not that company's COVID-19 vaccine increased the risk of stroke for people over 65. So the CDC is now looking into these guys. Uh, You know, again, uh, you know, very interesting comments. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, controversial, uh, but uh, very interesting commentator and U.S. Congressperson, uh, said this about the performance. 
Uh, the Grammys featured Sam Smith's demonic performance, was sponsored by Pfizer. And the Satanic Church now has an abortion clinic in New Mexico that requires its patients to perform a Satanic ritual before services. American Christians need to get to work. Mm. I would agree with mm. the Congressperson Green on that. Uh, another commentator uh, said this, uh, Hollywood freaks still thinking they are so edgy with their satanic-themed performances. Uh, another said this, Robbie Starbuck, who is a commentator on Twitter, Sam Smith's satanic performance at the Grammys ended with a Pfizer commercial. You can't get more on the nose than that. Uh, these two entities deserve each other. Mm. So, uh, you know, again, the song Unholy, and you can look up the lyrics yourself, uh, such as they are, is uh, the, the essential story behind it is a parent leaving their children at home so that they can have a rendezvous down at some kind of auto shop. Yeah. That's what the song's all about. Yeah. You, you're my my pop uh, <laughs> expert around here. Is that a pretty fair summary of what the song uh, is? Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. 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 So... Uh, you know, but uh, but the bottom line about it being unholy and all that other stuff, and there was any doubt as to what the real point of this thing is. Yeah. You know, and, and and you know, please understand, I'm not, you know, some kind of oh my goodness, I'm so shocked that people in the record business are doing satanic things. I grew up in the Ozzy Osbourne Black Sabbath era. You know, uh, yeah. Led Zeppelin's Houses of the Holy, all these different things. Uh, Mick Jagger's Sympathy for the Devil, and U2's cover of that, which really me out yeah but uh you know when when you see these sort of things you know you realize when people are being provocative and they're being edgy and yeah. and so on but they're also being played mm. i don't think these people realize how they are being played mm. by the powers of darkness and if you know these kind of performances like sam smith's and, and others are in a sense legitimizing or normalizing these sort of things uh you know to a level you know even during the Ozzy Osbourne era, I don't recall, uh, you know, some kind of, uh, you know, Black Sabbath ritual being performed right. while Black Sabbath was singing Crazy Train or something like that. Yeah. Um, that's really where we're going. It's just real, very, very unsubtle what's yeah. happening here. And, uh, you know, so, you know, when we see these sort of things, uh, you know, it's just one prophecy of Scripture after another being fulfilled, which mm -hmm. always raises the question, what can we do? Well, number one, check yourself. Are you being influenced by these things? Mm. In the old frog in the kettle thing, you put a right. cold-blooded animal like a frog in a kettle of water, and you slowly turn up the heat, frog will adjust. Until mm. finally you get the kettle on boil and the frog cooks itself. Yeah. Not going to respond because of the gradualism involved. Uh, you know, well, are we being gradualized to be able to accept even the most outrageous kind of things? Mm. Uh, being put forward as policy, you know, you speak uh, speaking about uh, Planned Parenthood. Uh, you know, a uh, a church uh, was uh, uh, assigned a nine hundred thousand dollar judgment against them in Washington State because they would hold worship services across the street from a Planned Parenthood office. Mm. Planned Parenthood said that was an invasion of their privacy and a harassment, and a judge found in their favor to the tune of $900,000. Uh, you know, again, the uh, the church involved said, we're not going away, we're just getting warmed up here. Wow. Uh, so, you know, I just think it's, uh, it's very, very interesting to see uh, what's going on uh, with all of this. But mm. the, the bottom line is, don't let this gradualism, mm. you know, end up 
turning down your spiritual heat. Mm. You know, uh, Jesus warned again in Matthew chapter 24 that because lawlessness has increased, the love of most will grow cold. And I don't think that's just our love for one another. I think that's our love for God. Right. So, you know, uh, don't say we didn't warn you. Yeah. Don't say we haven't kept you up to date on all this stuff. Yeah. But, uh, boy, there's an ancient Chinese curse that goes, uh, may you live in interesting times. We certainly do. We may be the most cursed people the world has ever known. Yeah, yeah. And how can we come against fear? Because these things, you know, there's a a fear that comes with it, but I guess there's a peace that comes from knowing it. This is predicted. It's in the Bible. It's prophesied. It's, you know, it's the plan. Um, But these are scary times as well, you know. Yeah, in a sense they are, but I, I like what Jesus said. Obviously, you can quote him. that. But, uh, but Pastor Scott liked what Jesus said. But in Luke twenty-one, he says, "When you see these things begin to happen, look up. Yeah, for your salvation draws near." It doesn't say look down. Doesn't say hide in your root cellar. Yeah. Doesn't say you know run around like a chicken little you know with you know like in hysteria. It, it means realize that uh, life is a precious gift, yeah. and it's not an unlimited commodity. And Jesus reserves the right to come back. At any time. Mm-hmm. Now, the more I see what's going on in this world, the more I think that's a really good idea. Yep. But the Lord's got his own timing. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's given us another day to get the word out. You know, why do we do this program every day? Well, we do this program every day because we want to get the good news of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. out to as many people as possible and strengthen those of you who are believers out there so you can take a stand in these days. Yep. But uh, I think in our day and age, you know, the the the, the sober assessment is this there's that old saying you know if you don't if you don't stand for something you'll fall for anything mm-hmm. you know are you really standing on the word of god do you spend time daily personally in the word of god enough time for the lord to really speak to you yeah. from the word of god yeah. you know the people that do these sort of things the people who daily you know realize that sufficient of the day is the evil thereof jesus said mm. i need the power of the holy spirit just today mm. You know, just to get through today, I'll worry about tomorrow when that comes. But that filling and empowering work of the Holy Spirit is so key and so vital. And, uh, you know, the one who's in us is greater than he that's in the world. He seems to have all the media attention and, you know, all the woo-hoos and, you know, judges filing judgments against people for having worship services and so Mm -hmm. on. I, I seem to recall something about uh, a First Amendment in the Constitution, but, (laughs) you know, that's just me. Yeah. you know, the, 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 the bottom line uh, is this. You know, we know where we're going. Yep. And because we know where we're going, we know what to do today. Yeah. And today is all we got. Yeah. You don't know if there's going to be a tomorrow. Right. And, and that's always true. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, you know, Dave, you, you, you'll recognize this. One of the eerie things for me about walking into our office is in the hallway, there's a list of people that have been put up on the whiteboard who passed away in the last year. That's right. And it's a long list. It is. Yeah, it's a longer list than you'd probably even imagine. Yep. And I kid you not, with few exceptions, not a single one of them, a year ago, I ever thought they would ever pass away. That's true. By now. Yeah. So, that's true. You know, whether Jesus comes for us or whether we go to Jesus, might as well live like it. Yeah. Yeah. Because Amen. there's no guarantees. And the one who does the will of God, right, mm-hmm. endures forever. Yeah. That's a promise we can hold on to these yeah. days. So, yeah. crazy stuff. But it is. I told you. Oof, I did, yeah. Now you know why I wandered in it. Just the last minute, I'm going, oh my gosh, yes. look at this. Oh my gosh, look at this. Yeah, incredible so, stuff. And we want to keep you guys right on the cutting edge of all of these things. That's and, right. And let you know what's going on. Yeah, keep us stirred up, stirred yeah. up to action, you know. 
Wow. Well, thank you. Well, we have some questions coming. You want to jump into those? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A question from uh, Connie here. Um, how do how do rewards work in heaven? If we've been like a lazy Christian, <laughs> or even like maybe taken the wrong path, if there's such a thing, um, how does God handle that beyond uh, basic salvation? If I can say that, how does God handle, handle rewards? And if we have been a lazy, you know, we haven't really serve the Lord or ministered? How does God handle all yeah, that? Yeah, you know, what's going to happen to the pew warmer? Yeah. <laughs> for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the interesting thing is, this isn't left to guesswork. Uh, the Bible's really specific about this. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, the Apostle Paul is talking about uh, uh, the idea of, of uh, kind of uh, secularism and, and schisms that were going on in the church. Uh, some people were saying, oh, well, I'm of Apollos, and I'm of Paul, and we're of Peter, and we alone owner of Christ. And uh, Paul says this, who then is Paul and who's Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Mm. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. Mm. Now this is a really interesting thing, because first of all, we're told Anything significantly spiritual that happens in this world, anything eternal, is done by God, mm. not done by us. Right. But God uses us to accomplish these ends, mm. and I still have a hard time wrapping my brain around this. For some reason, even though God does all the work, just because we're willing to be used, we'll be rewarded for that. Yeah, uh, It's you know, a good that, deal. That, that's pretty amazing. Yep. And then he goes on, he says, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. In other words, Paul is saying, you know, I didn't start the church of Paul or anything like that. Uh, you're God's building. You're God's field. When mm. people come and, and they say, oh, you know, is this Scott Richards church? I hope not, mm. uh, because there's only one church worth belonging to, and that's the church that Jesus is the head of. God's building, God's field. He gets the glory for it all. According to a wise master builder, Paul says, I have laid the foundation, another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Now, notice, the, the, the first and most important thing is this. You've got to have the foundation of faith in Jesus Christ. Have you come to a place where you put your faith and your trust in Christ? You made a personal decision, receive him, put your faith and trust in him as Lord and Savior. You turn from trusting in yourself trusting in God. Yep. That's the most important thing. But notice it says, no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid. Now, if anyone builds on that foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become clear for that day will declare it, for it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he'll receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he'll suffer loss, but he himself will be saved yet as through fire. Mm. So what this illustration Paul is using here is, is this. You've got this foundation, mm. and you can build on this foundation right. with different kinds of material. Wood, hay, and straw are all things that are temporary. Mm. When exposed to fire, poof, they right. go up in smoke. Gold, silver, precious stones mm. exposed to fire will either become purified or not be affected by the fire, maybe even cleaned up a little bit by the process. So the idea of gold, silver, and precious stones, what's that? Well, 
Uh, I think uh, in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3 and verse 11, Solomon made this observation. This one thing I know, what God does lasts forever. You know, the only thing that is going to last are the things that God has done in and through us, honoring his word through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's going to be what the foundation that we build on. And if we have shared God's word in the power of the Holy Spirit, we're going to be rewarded for that. You know, and and maybe we'll just be stunned about who's really rewarded and who's really not. Uh, you know, the, the the bottom line is, if I try to do things for God, that's wood, hay, and straw. Yeah. But if the Holy Spirit does it through us, right. that's gold, silver, and precious stones. That's the permanent stuff. Mm. And you know, the Bible does speak about rewards. It talks about receiving crowns, if you will. The word uh, crowns. There's two words for that. Uh, one is the word Stephanos, and it was the crown that was given to the winners of ancient Olympic games. You know, Paul says, uh, you know, they compete for a perishable crown. We for an imperishable. Mm. Well, the perishable crown was pretty cool Mm. because even though it was a laurel wreath, if you won your event in those ancient Olympic games, you were given a salary for the rest of your life. You never have to work again. And you were exempt from taxes. (laughs) Pretty good deal. Very good deal. You know, so, uh, you know, obviously the idea of winning that, that, crown, if yeah. you will, that Stephanos crown, that laurel wreath, big deal. Yeah. You know, Paul says that's what we do. Mm. You know, we, we go for an imperishable crown. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and there's eight different crowns that are described in the Word of God, and, you know, we could explore those in some detail. But it's really interesting to me in Revelation chapter 4, uh, when we see heavenly worship going on, the 24 elders, they've got crowns, they've got mm. gold crowns on their head, like the reward for the, the life they've lived on this, this earth and how mm. God has used them. You know what they do when they see the Lord? They cast their crowns down and say, right. you're worthy. Yeah. So from that, there's evidence to suggest that uh, the reward that we are going to have is the ability to be able to enter into a depth of worship mm. in heavenly glory, mm. uh, you know, in varying degrees, if you will. Uh, you know, those who've been faithful are going to have, in a sense, a crown to be able to cast before the Lord. Yeah. There's going to be some people that are saved but as through the flames, maybe rewardless, they were saved. But when you see that worship going on and when you see the awesomeness of being able to say, God, you did it all, you know, I guarantee you, when we look back on this life, uh, we're going to wish that we did more uh, of those, those, put ourselves in more of those circumstances yeah. where the Lord could use us, yeah. you know? And, and so, you know, that, that's probably the best way to sum all that yeah. up. Or you, you don't want to miss out on it. No, that's right. Or even see, I know looking... You know, looking back on my life, things where I thought I was, you know, ministering and doing things selflessly, I look back like, ah, oh, I did that out of pride or I did that out of, this was my gain in that, this was my reward in that. You know, I look back and as those things are sifted through, right? like that wasn't, I think we'll see how, just how impure some of our motives were, even in the good things. You talked about good things on Sunday. You know? Yeah. And, 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 you know, I think, uh, I think it's going to work both ways. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, I think there's going to probably be things that we kind of look at and say, well, Lord really used me on that one yeah. and, and all this stuff, <laughs> and it's going to be wood, hay, and straw. <laughs> and then we're going to see, like, there were little simple things. Yes. You know, like maybe you pulled in the parking lot at the, the mall and somebody left one of those dirty diapers out there rather than putting <laughs> in the car. Yeah. And you looked at that and you went, you know, yeah. if I don't pick it up, you know, the the custodian, the janitorial, they're going to have to pick it up. Nobody wants to do that. So, you know, you, yeah. you know, and you, you Take it up to the trash can. Yeah. And nobody ever saw. Right. Nobody ever knew. Right. God saw. Yeah. God knew. You know, so we're thinking, oh, you know, that time that I 
stood up and preached the gospel. Yeah. That's the and, you know, God, no, actually, I was more impressed with you with the dirty diaper thing yeah. because you just did that because you belonged to me. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I agree. I, I get I get kind of nervous when people start saying things like, uh, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna all get together and fast before the Lord." You know, like Jesus said, well, when you fast, don't let anybody know about it. So your father in heaven will reward you. Or, or, you know, we're going to do this big, you know, outreach and we're going to, you know, we're going to do this and this for Jesus. Hey, you know, I'm all for people getting together and doing great things for Jesus, but make sure it's really for Jesus and uh, make sure you're not ignoring those opportunities to do little things that nobody else is ever going to know about for him. Yeah. You know, so I I think we're going to be shocked by that. Yeah. You know, and and I think we're going to be shocked with who's the most rewarded and, and probably who's the least. So. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Great yeah. stuff. Well, Connie, thank you. That's a great question. I hope that helps you out. Uh, almost up on the end of our show here, but a question from Taylor. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I He says, I feel I focus on the vertical so much that sometimes I forget the horizontal. How do I occasionally focus on loving those around me and remembering that life is part of the plan? Um, is the journey just as important as the destination? So if I'm understanding this correctly, I feel like I'm almost the opposite of Taylor, where I'm very relational and, you know, not as sort of maybe academic and maybe Taylor's more of a, he wants to get in the word and the word and study and grow, but he, he forgets to just love people around him, you know, yeah. how for someone like that, how, what's a good way to focus on that and make sure he's, he's got the outward going on as well. Well, if you're worried about the uh, outward, the outward can be described in one four letter word in the scripture. That's love. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, what, he mentions that loving those around, so, so recognizes so, that. Yeah. So what is biblical love all about? Yeah. You know, my recommendation, Talon, is uh, you know, especially if you're kind of academically, you know, mentally acute and so on, um, memorize First Corinthians thirteen. Mm. You know, sometimes we go, oh well, you know, for the deeper things and you know the early church fathers and you know <laughs> talking about infralapsarianism and such yep. you know okay i guess that's got its place but you know boy just having first corinthians 13 memorized so you know you're going through your day and you're, okay what does it mean for me to love love is very love suffers long and is kind it does not envy does not parade itself is not puffed up does not seek its own does not behave rudely you know, again, it doesn't rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. There's 16 characteristics of love mm. that are mentioned in that passage. Mm. Now, if I've got this this upstairs here, yeah. and, and it's in the back of my mind, and I'm concerned, convicted, that the Lord is saying, yeah, you're doing good on the horizontal, but uh, you know, on the, the vertical, but let's talk about the horizontal. Well, go into your horizontal with that in mind, and you know, look for opportunities you know, to suffer long and be kind, um, yeah. you know, to not be into catching yourself going, well, why are they being blessed? And I'm not mm-hmm. being blessed, you know, so on, uh, you know, doesn't, you know, you're parading yourself, you're getting puffed up, you know, I mean, the, the list could go on and on, uh, you know, and I think if we focus in on those simple things and ask the Lord to renew our hearts and renew our minds on his word and then share, uh, out of that framework, you know, then I think the Lord has a chance to work on our lives. Mm. But sometimes I think, you know, rather than, you know, thinking about Calvin's Institutes, if we right. just thought about the definition of love and being like Jesus and asking for the filling of the Holy Spirit, yeah. be a lot better off. Yeah, very yeah. good. Yeah. Great. Well, we have the time for a minute question. Um, question here from William Fan of Darth Vader is his name. 
Um, da, 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 <laughs> so I think William is a fan of Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah. um, why doesn't God mention life on other planets or the word doesn't mention life on other planets? It's not in Scripture. Or is it in Scripture? Well, it's not. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's one of those articles or one of those arguments uh, by silence. There are some, C.S. Lewis was one, who believed that it was very possible there were other uh, creatures that God believed that were sentient mm. and, and so on, life on other planets. I mean, we don't know. I mm. mean, the, the best answer I can give you scientifically right now is the more we study even, uh, you know, the, uh, the various planets that have been discovered uh, by, you know, the advanced telescopes and so on, uh, the more we realize that this Earth is a very privileged place. You mm. know, when people ask, do you think there's life on other planets? I'm really skeptical because it seems like God's plan in creation began with the earth. Mm -hmm. uh, it seems very earth-centric. Yep. Um, when the fall of man took place, uh, it affected the entire universe right. from an event that took place here on earth. Yep. That seems rather strange to me if there's all kinds of federations of planets mm -hmm. out there. Uh, you know, when we think about God becoming a man and entering into his creation, having here on earth. Yep. In fact, we see in scripture that Jesus continues to be the God-man, not the God-Vulcan. <laughs> Pardon the expression. God Klingon, you know, yep. you name you name your species. The other thing is this: when Jesus returns, he's coming back to Earth. Right. He's not coming back to another planet. Yep. Uh, the other thing that's really interesting to me is when he wraps up his business here on Earth uh, after the Great White Throne Judgment, the whole universe is basically let go and recreated, mm. and it all revolves around things here on Earth. Right. So, sure. yep. could there be? Bible doesn't categorically say no right. but for those reasons i'm very very skeptical yeah yeah well great uh, great question william thank you for that we're on the end of our show here thanks pastor scott oh you're welcome great thanks time. for the update too that is Heavy serious stuff, stuff. yeah keep, keep praying, praying, praying praying get serious yeah. all right thank you guys we'll see you same time tomorrow we'll get to more of your questions god bless you have a god great evening yeah you've been listening to a reason for hope thank you again for joining us as we continue our journey through god's word one question of the heart at a time until we meet again, we would love to connect with you. You can text or email your questions to questionsforhope at gmail.com. You can also find out more about our ministry at calvarychristianfellowship.com. And be sure to join us next time on A Reason for Hope. A Reason for Hope is an outreach ministry of Calvary Christian Fellowship in Tucson, Arizona.